0: Welcome back to the We Just Talk Wrestling podcast, everyone. Kyle, Dylan, and Christian back at it with another episode today, continuing the celebration of black and gold with NXT TakeOver London. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. Also, if you're currently listening to the show, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you use to
1: listen. But, Dylan, what happened with WWE this week? All right, so before I dive into the weekly, uh, weekly shows, I want to talk about this news story. Um... As expected, post-SummerSlam, Ronda Rousey is no longer with WWE. That's not the surprise. Uh, Her her name and profile have been moved to the alumni section on WWE.com. So, Ronda Rousey is done with WWE. However, she's not done wrestling. (laughs) Um, Wrestling Revolver has announced that she will be at their uh, Coming to Los Angeles event. I think that's what it's called. No. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the actual name of the event, but they're debuting in Los Angeles yes, uh, for the first time on November 16th. And Ronda Rousey has been announced for the show. She has wrestled on the indies since leaving WWE. She teamed with um, uh, Marina Shafir for Lucha Vavum um, mm-hmm. this past week as well. So Ronda Rousey's apparently accepting indie dates. There was a lot of rumors that she was going to go back to the UFC post-WWE heavily rumored that she was going to fight um i think at a card in early 2024 i forget which one but ronda rousey's still in the pro wrestling landscape is i think a pretty big shock because i think everyone thought she was either going to go back to the ufc which is kind of the no-brainer thing also with her judo background i saw a lot of people thought maybe she was going to get into like judo competitions again and things like that um But what do you guys think about Ronda Rousey taking, uh, independent wrestling dates?
0: Yeah, that was definitely nothing I was considering to be completely honest with you. I I thought she was absolutely done with wrestling. She wasn't, I never thought she was going to go to AEW TNA, but if she takes indie dates, who knows? Maybe Tony Khan, you know, takes a swing and maybe tries to get her in, get some star power in that name value. I should say into that. And maybe TNA does the same thing. They consider that, but, um, this is this is a way for her to like kind of pick and choose when she wants to wrestle so i expect her to kind of keep doing this mm-hmm. but um i mean all power to her but um in the independent wrestling really focuses on the in-ring work and not so yeah. much the storytelling i think ronda excelled more the storytelling as she you know got later in her career than the in-ring stuff so i don't know how well she's gonna do but you know i'll just have to wait and see what happens
2: yeah, well, despite what Kyle thinks about her, she is still a pretty big name, and I mean, if this is that promotion's debut, getting a name like Ronda Rousey will definitely put eyes on it. That's Debut in Los Angeles. Yeah, in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, that's probably yeah. the only real reason why she's appearing at this company, is just to help get eyes on it. She probably won't appear at it again after this event, let's be honest. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, it
1: it, it could be a one-off. Kyle and I have watched a couple of their events. Um, it's a really cool promotion. They do a lot of cool stuff. So uh,
2: Sammy Callahan runs it. Oh, okay. It's just a way to get eyes on the product. I mean, it's not – I mean, I didn't expect Ronda to continue wrestling, but just from a smaller promotion trying to grow, it's not exactly shocking. We've seen it before. We've seen it done millions of times in the past with these small companies trying to get a big name on just put eyes on it. So, despite what Kyle thinks, again, good for her and good for the company for getting, you know, this big name. And she's going to draw eyes whether people like to admit it or not.
1: Exactly. And I think, um... Uh, damn, I lost my thought. Never mind.
0: <laughs> Embarrassing. Hopefully she doesn't have to wrestle the best of the best in the
1: Indies, though, because she will get exposed. But no, yeah. I... I I do, I do think this is going to be just a one-off thing, but we'll see what Rousey wants to do. Yep. Uh, but let's talk about Monday Night Raw here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piper Neven and Chelsea Green defeated Natalia and Nikki Cross via pinfall. I don't know if you guys saw how Nikki Cross was standing at yep. ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle hinted that they should do something with her. Um, definitely feels like the unhinged character is getting more back. Um, There's definitely Nikki a Cross story everyone with really this. liked. Yes. Yeah. The Nikki Cross that everyone really liked um, in NXT, which Christian will get to, um, I think I think we may get back. Uh, Becky Lynch successfully defends her NXT Women's Championship against Indy Hartwell via submission. Um, Becky Lynch's title reign kind of reminds... I don't want to spoil anything. Reminds me of John Cena's US Open Challenge in a way. Um, mm-hmm. She's kind of using it as a spotlight against... Uh, I want to say lesser known opponents. Um, we've seen her wrestle Tegan Knox, Indy Hartwell. Uh, she's appeared on NXT TV wrestling uh, Tiffany Stratton and, and some other names down there. So I really like that people are getting the rub wrestling against Becky Lynch um, during this reign. Drew McIntyre defeated Sami Zayn with the Claymore after a distraction um, led to uh, Zayn picking up th- or Zayn taking the Claymore. Uh, Bronson Reed defeated Akira Tozawa. <laughs> via pinfall with the tsunami uh rhea ripley and seth rollins had an interaction backstage and the new day defeated the alpha academy via pinfall when xavier woods hit otis with the uh, rope walk elbow drop that he does um a contract signing for the crown jewel fatal five-way for the women's championship match broke down into a brawl as most contract signings do and i'll talk about one later on um and we also had ricochet uh attacking logan paul now this is kind of interesting because logan paul is enthralled in the u.s title picture with ray mysterio but there's clearly unfinished business with him and ricochet where does ricochet fit in because i think i think we all kind of assume that logan paul might be beating ray mysterio he, he's a hundred percent beating oh so percent is is ricochet beating logan paul no for the u.s title like where? it's la night that's what I'm saying. But, like, where does Ricochet kind of fit here? I guess that's where my maybe, confusion maybe is.
0: you do something like the Royal Rumble. Uh, maybe you like build maybe it. Maybe they to the have Royal another Rumble. match. Because, yeah. well, yeah, you do another match. And the thing is, he's a free agent, Logan Paul, so he can kind of, you know, Bounce go, go anywhere he wants.
1: Yeah. And yeah, then, remember, true. they
0: teased something on SmackDown,
1: which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, and Johnny Gargano defeated Giovanni Vinci uh, with the one final beat in singles action. Yep. Um, and Damian Priest defeated Jay Uso via pinfall with the South of Heaven. Oh, um, so, also yeah. also on Raw, Cody Rhodes got attacked by Judgment Day. JD McDonough took a chair to the uh, foot, ankle, lower leg of Cody Rhodes. It was pinned against the, uh, the ring steps. Mm-hmm. And then Cody comes out like a badass in what looked like just a sock and like some athletic tape, just limping around, hitting everyone with a chair. Um, he And then... I think Cody was also given the weekend off to, I think, sell the injury as well. He wasn't working live events this week, I believe. Um, they need to just stop kayfabe injuring this man. <laughs> I feel like it's been a while since we've seen a fully healthy Cody Rhodes because he's either getting his arm broken or his ankle shattered. Um, it's just
0: a way to get him the mania.
1: That's just another feud to <laughs> buy time with Cody Rhodes um, until he gets somebody. Let's talk about that, somebody. Let's move on to SmackDown here. Um, we'll get to him in a second, uh, but Shotzi defeated Chelsea Green with the Crucifix pinfall um, in singles action, and Dragon Lee defeated Cedric Alexander uh, via pinfall. This
0: was right. good.
1: This was a lot of fun. Uh, Bianca Belair announced that she was granted a women's title match against Io Sky at Crown Jewels, so that match will be taking place on November 4th. Um, and the Street Profits defeated the LWO via pinfall. Um in, uh, in, in tags action, excuse me. Let's talk about some things that took place on SmackDown, though, because it was uh, largely overshadowed by a few big names. First one being John Cena uh, took a Samoan spike from Solo Sokoa. It is confirmed that John Cena will be facing Solo Sokoa in singles action at Crown Jewel. The big thing kind of going into this, Cena has had an on-again, off-again feud with the Bloodline <laughs> seemingly for years now. Um... But Cena's big thing is remember when I mentioned last week, he said in the promo that he hasn't won a singles match since, what, the like 2018 or something like Mm, that. So Cena, Cena's kind of has this whole self doubt in himself that he can't get it done anymore. The crowd's obviously behind him, giving him a big behemoth like Solo. Cena obviously doesn't need to beat Solo Sokoa, but also I don't think Solo losing to a guy like John Cena will hurt him either. So I'm really intrigued to see how that matchup unfolds at a uh, crown jewel. But speaking of crown jewel, we had a contract signing friends for the uh, WWE championship match that is going to take place between Roman reigns and LA Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, LA <laughs> Knight is so over right now.
3: It, most moments... over in the
0: company. Maybe, maybe there him were... and Cody are neck and neck, but it's close. Yep.
1: There were moments when I was watching SmackDown and then I went back and watched the clips again I have this, like, sort of doubt in my mind that, like, what if it's not Cody Rhodes to beat Roman Reigns? What if Triple H says, fuck it, let's pull the trigger on this guy? Not
0: happening. Not happening.
1: I know it's not happening, but, man, it's going to be fun to see this guy try. Roman's trying to do his big extravagant entrance. L.A. Knights music hits. He does not even look at him, just walks right by him to the ring, sits at the head of the table, which got under Roman's skin um this was this was an awesome segment the contract signing has kind of become redundant in wrestling it's happened so much this was a lot of fun um la night is so over with the crowd i thought roman sold the moment perfectly you could kind of tell it's getting under his skin a little bit and i love when roman kind of in this character takes chance for other people personally because it brings out more aggression in him and you saw how he flipped the table and everything like that um, Which I-, I really really dug this and then in the main event LA Knight defeats Jimmy Uso the, uh, in singles action with the uh, with the BFT Roman tries to get one up on him goes for a spear misses LA Knight hits him with the BFT so Roman is actually on the ground with LA Knight standing tall as we end Smackdown Man, it's going to be fun to see him try. But it's like a part of me just wishes – who knows? LA Knight could win the Rumble. But what did you guys think of WWE this week? Uh, Raw was
0: not as good as previous weeks. It it felt a little off at times. It felt a little bit more like Vince kind of has paws on it a little bit more. Um, It wasn't bad per se, but um, I, I think the second hour was kind of a drag. Uh, but the first and third hours kind of came. And then SmackDown, I thought was a really solid show. Yeah. And then uh, that was probably m- my maybe my favorite contract signing the LA Knight one ever.
1: Yeah, it's up there. And the
0: woman's the women's match or the woman's one was not either. Nia Jax is just not very good on the mic. I mean, it, yeah.
1: it, was, it is what it is. We've known that. It's always been that We've... way.
0: Yeah, it's always been that way. I, I, we... she, she did good in the, in the brawl, she did good at everything else, just not going on the mic. And you know what happens?
2: That's fine. Hey, maybe give her a mouthpiece, maybe? I mean
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, give her uh Paul Heyman.
2: Give her um
1: who is the uh Malcolm Bivens? Am I saying that name right? Give him that. Give her that. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, but he's
0: in AEW. Yeah. Stoke- who cares? Stokely out <laughs> there. Give him um they can sign Will Ospreay to be uh the mouthpiece.
1: Yeah. I mean they signed Nick Aldis to be a GM. why not?
0: That would be a Vince kind of thinking there. Or uh,
1: Nick Aldis is getting in the ring eventually. You guys are yeah. crazy. If you he's he's think in, in the Rumble. Oh
2: yep. But uh, or they can sign Tyrus.
0: Oh God, oh, could you imagine Tyrus in? Uh, they give him uh
1: They give Nia Jax uh, Trevor Murdoch as well.
0: Fuck, I I like Trevor Murdoch. He's been about actually say, doing the best stuff well, of his
1: career. What a
0: resurgence he's had. But
1: anyway, yeah. that's WWE this week.
0: Yeah, inconsistent, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, every week's not going to head out of the park. They're kind of, I'm, I don't want to say dragging to the finish line here, but they're definitely um, – buying time. They, they, they want war games to happen. Let's just say that. Just got to get through Crown Jewel. We and just got to get through Crown Jewel, and we're about three weeks. And then we're going to hear about the Punk stuff. I actually don't think Punk is going to return – at Survivor Series, but we'll get to I think he's going to return at the Rumble, but we'll get to that I mean, that how, does he,
1: how does he fit in? I, don't, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah. not at think?
0: Survivor Series, but we'll, we'll get there. But, Christian, what, uh, what happened in um, AEW's week? Well,
1: can
2: I speak on something really quick with the Punk thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, really quick, the only way I could see him returning at Survivor Series is maybe they can, and, of course, peace to him, do it how they did with Bray Wyatt Extreme Rules last year, just have it be after the last match is over.
1: I mean, yeah, I think that's the only way to do yep. it at this point. That's the only way I can I mean, think of because he's not returning to be in a match there. Put so. him in war games. Have him be like Cena's replacement or something. No,
0: it's that has to be Orton. That has to be just because everything lines up perfectly with Orton. Yeah. But, I mean, it, well, well, we'll see. But um, also, been a little hints. Maybe we get CM Punk versus Shinsuke Nakamura if his return does happen. There's been a little, you know, hints in his promo, so. Yeah, Well, uh, we'll just have to see, but all right, how was that AEW this week? That's
2: an interesting thought, but all right, AEW, the viewers, we are recording on Saturday night before collision, so I will only be covering Dynamite and Rampage this week. So let's go to Dynamite. We got our MJF versus Rockar Juice Robinson match for the Diamond Dozen ring, and as I tried to tell Kyle, uh, Juice Robinson was not winning this match under any circumstance, MJF did end up defeating him and retaining the Diamond Dozen Ring in a pretty solid contest. So uh, Juice Robinson can no longer get that gold tooth he wanted. <laughs> we had take action with Hook and RVD on the Dark Order and defeating the Dark Order. Kyle wanted to see Katie Forbes, but unfortunately she was not there.
0: Dude, Katie Forbes goes... Crazy, but go on,
2: go, go watch some of her impact stuff, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, she just goes nuts. Yeah. But go on,
2: I mean, she is kind of fine, but
0: I could twerk like Katie, Katie Forbes. Yeah, no, dude, Katie Forbes at Slam Reversary, what 219, yeah, some of the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. But go no, 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 that was
2: actually 220 because that was when the
0: crowd was empty. Oh my gosh, that's right, what's was 220, my goodness,
2: but go on, yeah, crazy times, but um. The Hung Bucks, as I guess they're being referred to, I guess I'm kind uh oh. pet. <laughs> hey a Page and of course the Young Bucks defeated the Hardy Party to retain the ROH tackles in trio's action. Oh the Hardys are so ruined. Unfortunately. Yeah,
1: I mean they this this They're was just in the role. twilight of their career. Yeah. I yeah. mean it's fine. I get it,
2: but Oh, mm, well, we can debate this another time. The
1: she did put her
2: AEW Women's World title on the line, defeating Ruby Soho to retain that title.
0: I don't but, know what happened here, but this just, it just was not good. But, I don't know. They just did not mesh here at all.
2: Yeah, I, I was about to tell Dylan if he didn't watch AEW, don't bother watching it.
0: No, nah, I would, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I like both. Ruby has been growing to me with her character work, but dude, this was not good. But go on. This is rough.
2: In the main event of Dynamite, we've seen Claudio Castagnoli and Brian Danielson defeat the team of Kazushka Okada and Orange Cassidy. Um,
0: I didn't really care for this. Was I the only one who thought that? I,
2: I, it was hit or miss to me. I mean, Okada and Danielson were obviously great. Orange Cassidy was just way out of place. No, dude, he <laughs> he, he was, felt he felt like
0: the afterthought in this match. They booked it like he was the afterthought in this match. Yeah, and he. He was the only champion in this match, and even Claudio felt more important than him. So, I, it just was not a great uh, great night for Orange Cassidy. He
2: felt like a gatekeeper of this match, kind of. It's it just, it,
0: I know how good the other guys are, and he's just not on the level of Ocado or Danielson, but like, man, they really showed you that he wasn't in this match, in my opinion. But He's not
1: on the level of the three of them. Even Claudio's
0: great. Yeah. yeah, no, he's not even close.
1: But it but, does
2: kind of go to show you what they really think about the international title right now. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going taking him important. But moving on to Rampage, Mike Santan defeated Ortiz and no disqualification action. This was the opening match of the night. This was good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty brutal for what it was. I mean it only got about 13 minutes or so oh, that's that's rampage yeah yeah it was a very condensed show but yeah at the time of god it was pretty good i enjoyed it but let's go to something i did not enjoy we had a fatal four-way number one contenders match sky blue willow nightingale anna j and abaddon in a number one contenders fatal four-way match the winner will go on to face um hikaru shida tonight on collision Abaddon did pick up the win. It makes sense because Halloween is right around the corner, so yeah, that's fine, but the actual match, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. Oh boy. If I thought I was watching a match in Quicksand. i it was it just wasn't
0: it, it just it, it wasn't the wrestlers, it was the writing yeah. itself It oh, just was not man, good. I'm
2: not blaming the wrestlers here, I'm blaming the writing. It kind of felt like it was one of those. They were in the ring, like, "Okay, it's your turn, to do that." Now it's my turn. It was just, it was so inconsistent. The pacing was awful. It made for a bad match, and I don't know about you, Kyle, but if, I think it went on a little bit too long.
0: Maybe, yeah, but I mean, I, I get why they, I get why they made it as long as it did, yeah. but you know, it happens.
2: <sighs> it just sucks with the women's division again. Uh, yeah. Uh, timeless Tony Storm was ringside, sitting in her Hollywood chair, getting uh, peppered up by some dude. But uh.
0: this is really getting old. That. The this whole thing is really getting old. Like, yeah, it was good at the beginning, but like, I I think what they try to do is to like cover up, like the match between Sheeta and a Ruby on Wednesday. They had her come out the end. It really just made it look not great after that was you know flaunting the ground and everything and she gets a match without earning it up full gear so they're really forcing this character at this point like i said i don't really even think it's that good to be honest with you
2: no but uh, abaddon will face a car if she didn't final collision for the time well and we we know who's winning that one but and um, this let's be honest this is all leading for tony storm to win the title again
0: Tony Storm won the title, and uh, she's going to face Mercedes at the next big
2: pay per view. I think so too. But uh, in the main event of Rampage, No Takeshka defeated Kyle Fletcher in singles action to cap off a very not so great AEW week, in my opinion, at least. Um, there was some. There was
0: good in AEW, um, but I, I do think the. The, uh, I'm trying to. The I thought the Jericho segment was good. I just don't like what it's going to be leading to. Uh, him and the Big Show are probably Paul White's going to be a tag yep, team again. So yep. uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't really care about it. But the whole segment itself is good. The Omega stuff with MJF, which is going to be the main event tonight. Um, yep. That's going to be really good. So
2: I was just mentioning. This almost made my dummy moment this week, but, um... else. So, they are doing MJF versus Kenny Omega for the World Tower tonight, assumingly in the main event of Collision. I mean, yes, these two needed to eventually face off. These are two top five wrestlers in the world, in my opinion, at least. But you're going to do it on a random collision?
0: I think... Well, the story that that they're telling is, like, MJ, are he... MJF's going to pass, like, Omega's title record or whatever.
2: I don't know. I just – I don't think a good spot for those two.
0: Well, it also tells you that Omega wouldn't get another shot. No. MJF's going to lose the title before he get even gets a shot at a pay per
2: Which is unfortunate, but
0: – It's coming. Yeah. He's losing that title, I would say, in the next four months.
1: I agree. Hmm. Remember, his contract,
2: Yeah, 100%. His contract is up in 2024,
0: so – He's, he's re signing. I think we all can kind of.
2: Uh, I don't know about that. We can decide. I've got.
0: No. I think NJF does go to WWE, but now I just think he's on fire in AEW. But,
3: we'll but, yeah,
0: but that is AEW this week. Um, you guys ready to move on? Yep. Yep. All right. So let's talk about something that made me very happy this week. So this week I was scrolling through social media and Seoul. That new wave pro wrestling made a tweet saying might check one, two, three. So this is not confirming anything, but it looks like there are at least plans for a potential return for the promotion based out of Terre Haute, Indiana. If you guys are in the area and they do indeed get back up and running, please do yourself a favor and catch the show because you will not be disappointed. I know it's not like being at a WWE show, but you're up close, you know, supporting indie wrestlers, seeing new faces each time. Dylan and I have talked about how much we want them to come back. So if they do, indeed do, I mean, dude, we are in for a treat. Yep. ZDP, or dude, dude, Baddington, Sage <coughs> Phillips, among others. Uh, maybe even Christian can join us the next time we go. But yeah. I know it's early, but it's maybe looking like new Way pro wrestling in 224 could really be happening. So Dylan, uh, what, what did you think when you heard this news?
1: I got very excited. Um, I've been missing indie wrestling. And to be honest, where we live in Indiana, Kyle and I, um, there's not really a ton of independent wrestling. I know where Christian is in Ohio, there's there's quite a few promotions. Yeah. I know there's a lot of promotions in like Kentucky and Illinois, especially in the Chicago area. But here, there's really not where Kyle and I are. Um, so the drive to Lafayette isn't terrible. Um, it's a lot of fun. To Terre Haute. Oh, Terre Haute. Excuse me. Yep. Um, not a bad drive by any means. We make a day of it. Um, meeting a lot of the wrestlers, interacting with them, and there's not a bad seat in the place that they that they do it at the community center down there. We um, just like being front row. Yeah, I mean front row is so much fun, uh, especially <laughs> when uh Kyle almost took a cross body from someone. Yeah, game. I almost took the spot. Yeah, yeah. Kyle said he was going to stand tall if he uh if he was more prepared. If they
0: asked me to. I would have.
1: I'm not picking you up. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine me just laying there? <laughs> yeah, I would have left you. I would have been like the Kyle the rest of the time. I'm like, Kyle lives here now. So <laughs> sold the spot the whole night. I just be, yeah. one. Kyle's just laying on. <laughs> yeah, the... Imagine one two hours <laughs> He's later. He's just laying on this gym floor for two hours, <laughs> yeah. selling it. He's got doctors <laughs> over there, there's paramedics. Yeah.
2: But um hey, yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's
1: it's yeah, yeah, great storytelling. Wait, 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 wait to sell the body part. But yeah, that's a really cool promotion. And I hope they are coming back because um, I can't wait to go to more, shores, more, more shows.
0: Because the, the only bad thing about it is our bank accounts do suffer because Dylan and I do spend a decent amount of money.
1: Yeah, we spend, we, we spend quite a bit of money down there.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, before the show starts, we, uh, we go a little uh, DVD yeah. hunting. So.
2: Yes, we do. So it's good time. It is a great
0: time. But uh, yeah, Christian, any thoughts?
1: Yeah,
2: I saw this being retweeted by you. I knew you were going to bring it up. But after I've heard what you guys have said about it, both on the show and to me personally, definitely sounds like uh looks like you might be taking some WJTW-19 trips in the future to this promotion.
1: No, yeah, just and who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Al Snow will be there. Yeah. yeah. No, I hope not. He cost our guy ZDP. That's true. He uh, he tried to get physical with my guy Drew Baddington. Cheated. <laughs> Al Snow's a snake
0: Sorry alright let's move on No dude I, Christian will love Dude Paddington he is great man He is he really is But um, Alright you guys ready for the uh, indie segment Always so, Alright this week I'll be highlighting something A bit different So World Wrestling Network and Shine Had a joint show that I'll be talking about Today and that was in Clearwater Florida Rocky Radley Beat Olivia Rose OMGZ defeated Shake and Bake in tag action. Lexi Gomez beat T-Gaines. Also in the main event, Amber Rose defeated the Shine Nova champion Ivalice by DQ to end a great night of action. As uh, Ivalice was able to regain uh, just because of the DQ finish. But my MVP of the night should not be a shock goes to Ivelisse. I've been a fan of hers for years now. Very unique wrestler who's mastered many different styles inside the ring. I truly believe you could put her in anyone's division. She would shine. Ivelisse just rules. So go check out both World Wrestling Network and Shine on YouTube as two promotions made the the spotlight this week. So uh, very different, but uh, I enjoy doing it. Awesome stuff.
1: We'll be sure to tag both the promotion and or promotions and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week. So you guys get them a like and a follow. Some pretty recognizable names. Obviously, Eva Lee spent some time. uh, She was on Tough Enough at one point when they did the first Mm -hmm. revival. And then she spent a lot of time in Lucha Underground
0: yeah triple
1: a aw impact and yeah. all over and yep. uh lexi gomez uh alumni of the show former guest, yep. so um some pretty recognizable names there so please go check them out and if you have any promotions or wrestlers that you would like kyle to highlight for his indie segment please send your suggestions our way uh via social media yes sir all right
0: um, superstar superstar Spotlight I'm sorry I was looking at the Wyoming score
1: uh, Dylan who do you have uh, for us this week Alright so my Superstar Spotlight Goes to someone who is currently on the NXT roster oh. uh, She had a pretty big week this week uh, It is Lyra Valkyria I may be pronouncing that wrong okay. uh, She recently beat Becky Lynch This week for the NXT Women's Championship uh, Doing a little research on her I found out she actually Has a pretty cool background Uh, She started wrestling in 2015. Uh, She was a student at the Fight Factory Pro Wrestling Academy, uh, which was founded by one and only Finn Balor. Uh, So she was trained by Balor um, and a little bit by Becky Lynch, to my knowledge. That was actually part of the video package that they ran on NXT, hyping this match up. Um, She spent some time on the Indies. She signed with WWE in 2020 and was assigned to their NXT UK brand, up until, um, I believe, December of 2022 is when she officially made her um, NXT debut here in the States after uh, NXT UK shut down, Um, and she is now the NXT Women's Champion with a big win and somewhat surprising win over Becky Lynch. I don't think a lot of people suspected Lynch to drop the belt this soon. Um, Also, Becky Lynch says she's done with NXT. She's going back to doing some other stuff, but big shout-out to uh lyra here she's 27 years old so she has a ton of time ahead of her um i went back and saw some of the stuff that she's done and uh really talented girl uh from ireland um and uh hope nothing but success for her in the future so that's my spotlight this week
0: yeah i I saw that killer kelly actually posted about her i think those Mm -hmm. two are pretty close so uh... yep Yeah, very cool stuff there, but uh, Christian, who you got?
1: All right,
2: my Superstar Spotlight this week actually doesn't go to one star themselves rather than a whole stable. This week, mine goes to NWA's Pretty Empowered. I sat and watched NWA this week for the very first time. Very enjoyable show, I must add. Go watch it. But this week was my first week experiencing the Pretty Empowered stable. They were in Trios Tag, or Trios Tag, Six Woman Tag. I'm stuck Mm -hmm. Stuck with AEW. Yep. Six-woman tag team action. And Kyle, for weeks, has putting over how they remind you of beautiful people. I see no argument there. And this is why they are my uh, superstar spotlight this week. Because I absolutely love the beautiful people. And this fit- faction mocks them to a T just without some of the obvious stuff. I'm trying to fully mock them. But they are. But I absolutely love it. Because the beautiful people are my favorite all-time wrestling stable. So I had to give them the shout out this week, and uh, yeah, pretty empowered. Go check them out. They are on NWA, who streams on Twitter every Tuesday at six PM. Two weeks in a row uh, that I've mentioned somebody that's been people. So if you can't tell, I really like that stable.
0: Yeah, we yeah, you and I both definitely like that stable. You can go back and watch our la- or one of our last uh, brackets. You can check that out with the stables, but um. Yeah, pretty empowered. I've talked about Kenzie Page a lot on this show. Uh, Kylie Alexa is only 18 or 19 years old, too, so she is definitely um, on the rise there. But everyone, all three at Pretty Empowered are great. But uh, mine this week. So my superstar spotlight goes to WWE's Ivar. With the resurgence of Monday Night Raw as of late, I feel like he has been one of the unsung heroes. With his partner, Eric went out. I think most of us thought that he was just going to be in catering until he came back, but he has been absolutely sensational. Wins against both members of the New Day, he and Kofi had a series of tremendous matches showing his athleticism, strong style, and ring psychology. Seriously, Ivar has been on fire with Valhalla by his side. He could be seeking a singles push, maybe even an IC title match down the road with Walter. Uh, That would definitely be really good, but uh, Ivar... Gets
1: the uh, Superstar Spotlight this week. But um, <laughs> we'll go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that's a good pick. I've liked what he's done recently doing the single stuff. Wouldn't be against a, a nice little singles run with him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, you, you said an IC title match? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, he's, he's not going to win guy. it, but, like, why not?
2: How? Do-
0: yeah, I can, I can see him going.
2: Okay, how do we get there?
0: I, open challenge. I mean, yeah. there's. I mean, Tommaso really didn't have to do much to get, you know, his. I mean, there's been – Bronson Reed of won match. one match to get his. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, you could win number one contenders match. There, there's ways. He's not winning, but I, – I, I see. It'd just be a one-off kind of thing. Yeah. But I think those two would mesh really well together.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they're two big Brawling brute style wrestlers, so see a lot of um... – this is going to sound completely wrong into the wrong context, but there's, there's gonna be a lot of big meat slapping there, so yeah,
1: big Dylan meaty man slapping meat, yeah,
2: yeah. That's what that's Dylan's kind of style there, but um, yes,
1: sir.
0: All right, are you guys ready to move on?
1: Oh, yes, sir.
0: All right, all right, everyone. It is now time for the celebration of black and gold, the best. Wrestling brand in the history of the industry as we review every takeover as I go back and watch every TV weekly episode to better explain the feuds. Now we are on episode eight with NXT TakeOver London, talking, you know, or sorry, taking place on December 16, 2015, in London, England. Let's get into how we got here. Asuka won several matches as her hot streak continues, beating the lights of Cameron and Billy Kay. We saw the Empress of Tomorrow get attacked by a new vicious side of Emma as Dana was there for the assist. Asuka laid out the challenge. Can Emma overcome her undeniable fear of Asuka, or will the Empress keep running through the women's division, as this story was amazing? Endzone Cass, uh, in their Revival, wrestled two matches and split in those matches, also attacking, uh, Revival attacking the babyfaces. However, the Revival won the big one, uh, the big number one contenders match and beat the vaude villains to become the new NXT Tag Team Champions and sent the former champions basically out of NXT. They did a couple things, but nothing too crazy. Uh, the New York Natives came back getting revenge on the champs. After almost getting their career shortened, could the challengers overcome the odds against the standard tag team in NXT? As I have loved the champs. you got more a serious side out of end Zone cast. Absolutely love this feud. Apollo Cruz won a number one contender's battle royal match on October 14th, eliminating Baron Corbin to earn a shot at Balor's title. He and Balor, or he had Balor on the roads, but Corbin attacked him during the match, crushing his dreams of becoming champion. The following week, Apollo got retribution, getting the upper hand, seeing more of an emotional side from Cruz. Corbin ruined everything for Apollo. Can the newcomer get revenge or will the lone wolf get back to his winning ways? Bailey retained her NXT Women's title against Alexa Bliss, and then was challenged by Eva Marie. The total diva star tried everything to beat Bailey, even hiring the new Nia Jax as her bodyguard. Jax, uh, Nia Jax, obliterated the likes of Evie, aka Dakota Kai, Carmella, and Diana Perrazzo in weeks prior. Uh, Jax attacked Bailey after beating uh, Eva as the match was made official shortly after. Bailey demanded that she gets payback. Can Bailey use her experience, heart, and sheer will to overcome the dominant Jax, who has looked unstoppable in a few months' time? After Finn Balor had a grueling title match on November 4th, Joe came out to defend Balor against Corbin, but shockingly attacked the champion, destroying Finn. The reason behind it? Joe was playing second fiddle behind the champ, and he is the best NXT has to offer. We saw the contract signing that was conducted by Michael Cole as Joe continues to choke the life out of Balor, uh, making his or this feud pr- more personal than ever. After a series of brawls, who will be the face of NXT? Here are three matches you will want to watch from the weekly shows: American Alpha versus DIY on October twenty eighth. And this would be a top five match, including everything I've seen, including all the takeovers. I think this is a top five match in NXT. Uh, American Alpha versus DIY on October 28th. Oh, my goodness. This is great. Tyler Breeze came back to face Samoa Joe on the same day. And Tommaso Ciampa versus Samoa Joe on December 2nd. Quick notes. Christian doesn't know this. But James Storm made his debut on October 21st, but left only a few weeks later due to wanting to have a child with his wife and then the schedule conflict um, really just made things difficult. So he was actually supposed to have a pretty big push, but um, things just didn't work out, unfortunately. Also, uh, Solomon Crow, aka Sammy Callahan, and then speak into turns for his release. The official theme song is Ace of Spades by Motorhead. As four one one mania gave the event a eight point five out of ten, but are you guys uh, ready to get into it here? Anything before we uh, get started?
1: No, <laughs> oh, I'm ready to go. I'm, yeah, I'm good. Oh man, that's a bold <laughs> statement, though. I know how much NXT you've watched, and to call that a top five of all time is uh, no, no, no. Don't top five that to like... this point. Oh, to this point. Okay, to this. I point, guess I, oh, I guess my, I misheard yeah. you. I was like, oh yeah. boy. Yeah, to the. I mean that would probably
0: be in a top twenty-five, easily. Wow! But um, that's still it, it was that good. Yeah, that's still bold. Think about how many matches that
2: they had. Yeah, it yeah. it was it was good.
0: So go check out that one.
2: But um, see what the number you said what I can't wait to see what the number one match is going to be.
0: Yeah, well, uh, there's a lot of contenders, but um, in it, who knows? It might be Bailey versus Eva Marie. Who knows? Um, which actually we'll was not that bad. It was Eva Marie's best match ever. Um, After getting beat down by Roman Reigns, Triple H comes out thanking the fans and saying uh, the most important words in wrestling, we are NXT. Definitely got goosebumps from seeing that, and uh, the whole London crowd was ready to go. So, um, first match, Emma versus Asuka. You could see the fear in the eyes of, I don't know why I said Bailey, but you could see in the fear of the eyes of Emma and Dana. Uh, they did a great job trying to get confidence in Emma, but uh, man, dude, you could just see the look on her face. Asuka's going to kill you, Chance, by the crowd. Asuka, especially with her chain wrestling, is one of the quickest wrestlers that I have ever seen. Hammer lock reversals is as- as quickly, uh, Oscar goes for an arm bar, running hip attack from the apron, slight distraction by Dana, at least a kick by Emma, as the beatdown by the heel is underway. Rolling double arm stretch by Emma, as we are in a technical heavy first few minutes of the contest. Added aggression by Emma, the Aussie had a point to prove every move had more emphasis on it. Full Nelson applied by Emma, massive back elbows by Asuka into a backslide. This is wrestling chant from the crowd, running Irish whip, With this new side of Emma is very impressive. The Empress will not stay down. Eats a big slap to the face off the Irish whip. Asuka lands on the second rope, delivers a drop kick. My goodness, Asuka was pretty damn good in 215. Both women slugging on each other. More straight punches by Emma than I've ever seen her do. Asuka comes back with a flurry of kicks and strikes. Another hip attack. Yes, kicks by Asuka. Spinning back fist hip attack for another near fall. The selling of Emma was very underrated in this match. Very impressive. Scorpion lock on the ropes by the heel. Explorer suplex. Bottom rope crossbody. Emma getting uh, to more dirty tactics. Scraping her face against the canvas, but it's reversed into an ankle lock. German suplex. Ref gets hit in the corner. Dana throws a chain into the ring as Asuka gets caught. Uh, Roll up up Asuka, a lock in deep. Dana tries to interfere, but gets thrown out. Massive spinning kick by, uh, by Asuka as Emma tried to use the chain. Didn't work. Asuka picks up the win. Uh, For those that didn't think Emma could wrestle or could go, you're going to have to go back and watch this match. She went toe-to-toe with the best women's wrestler in 215, And honestly, I don't even think it was close. Asuka was just so far and away the best wrestler in 215. This had it all. The technical, the brawling. Dana did everything she could to help Emma take the easy way out. Uh, Emma sold every spot like death. This flowed very well, had an amazing story going in, and this match was a banger, in my opinion. As we say goodbye to Emma and Dana Brooke from NXT, this was all about Asuka making her look dominant. As Triple H made it clear where this div- where this women's division was going to go, everything about this match delivered as Emma probably was the biggest test to Asuka. And maybe even a bigger test than Oscar thought. Um, this was a really good way to start the show. Um, hopefully, you guys feel the same as I did. But uh, we'll get started with Christian here.
2: Yeah, you said it perfectly. This was a great way to start the show. And look, I know how good Oscar is back then, even in twenty. So great. I have never personally been the biggest Emma fan in the world until I watched this match. This just showed that she could really go and stand toe totally to with. I mean, if you're going toe-to-toe with Asuka in 2.15, you can go toe-to-toe with anybody, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine if we can get this Emma now in 2023 whenever she does sign to another company. Or if she- or maybe even come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah or even come back. But uh, for me, look, I had pretty decently high expectations for this match. Even those were, you know, blown out of the water with this match. I did not expect this match to be as good. And it went about 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. It wasn't a squash. Like I would assume. A lot of- <coughs> this was truly a back and forth battle, and even to the kayfabe audience, hey, this this shows Emma could truly be a world title player if she's standing toe to toe with Kyle with the woman that Kyle thinks was the best wrestler in this year. So,
0: oh god, wasn't even close. Yeah,
2: this match was stiff really solid and for sure
0: all right don't what you think
1: yeah it was it was more than just a oh look here's our new signee let's give them someone to wrestle to kind of expose them to the to the new audience that they're in front of like christian said this was very much back and forth this wasn't a squash this was this was a legitimate wrestling match they went right at about 15 almost 20 minutes um true back and forth um Emma definitely held her own against arguably 2023 Oscar is a million bucks. Um, so she, of course she was great in 2015 and I don't think that's, that's a hot take saying she's probably the best woman's wrestler in the world at 20 in, in 2015. Um, so yeah, this was, this was more than just a a squash, you know, we've seen this with, Aaron Corbin on takeovers, where, oh, look, we got this guy who we're trying to push. You know, it's, it, it, this, this had, this was a legit match. And it felt like there were legit stakes, even though there was nothing on the line here. Um, that it was like a uh, positioning yourself higher on the card in, in, in that division. Um, a true test for Asuka. And, and obviously, she showed how great she was. And Emma held her own like a million bucks too. So it was great stuff. It, one thing I do
0: think, uh, Dana, was supposed to be that kind of annoying heel on the outside. I thought she was perfect at that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think everything that Dana did, like, in 2015, early 2016, in NXT Black and Gold was definitely the best that she did uh, in her career, which is unfortunate because if she just got a little bit of a push, I think there was something there. But, um, Christian, we'll start with you. What did you grade it out of five? Because I'm actually pretty high here.
2: I went 4.2 out of five.
0: All right, don't go ahead.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm at 3.9 out of 5. Uh, I'm at th- uh, 3. I'm at 4.1. So we a uh, very good start to uh, NXT TakeOver London. And guys, we're not stopping. Enzo Amore and Big Cass versus the Revival for the NXT Tag Team Titles. This may have had the best story going in. Incredible video package as one of the most popular acts in NXT tries to make their dreams come true against the old-school NXT Tag Team Champions. Very emotional feud. Can the challengers do it? Man, Enzo and casts were over, weren't they? (laughs) Uh, Loved how serious this felt. High-intensity Enzo not backing down. Walking in with Scott Dawson. Hanging in there, actually. Dawson running over Enzo Quick Tags. The champion uh, do what they do best. Twisting Bulldog after the takedown from Enzo, which ruled. Big Cass was, you know, raining down those punches onto Wilder as Cash, uh, you know, gets Punch in the ring post, which looked brutal. Enzo working on the body part, which was the left arm. And never thought I'd say Enzo would be attacking a body part, but, you know, there he was. Tag champs take advantage of pass after a slight distraction. Revival were always underrated strikers. Love the isolated punches in the corner. Cast throws dash onto Dawson. As he also tosses Enzo on the outside climbing with a champion's crossbody from Enzo. Barely makes a 10 count as a Revival found their target in a relentless attack on the left shoulder. Jumping knee strike to the left arm. This was just an assault on the body part. Snapping leg uh, drop by Dawson. Man, I could just watch a Revival wrestle all day long. Talking, or sorry, taking every advantage possible. No flips, just fists. Desperation uh, knee lift. Dash takes out. Cass, uh, North Buster, but ref didn't see the tag. DDT, to, and then uh, tagged uh, Big Cass, as he was absolutely on fire. Deep six to Dawson. Giant chop block by Dawson. Storytelling at a premium here. That is what Cass... Sorry, let me let me rephrase that so it makes a little bit more sense. So, how Big Cass was taken away from TV was a big uh, like chop block to his knee, hurt his knee so they... Did it again to re-aggravate it and put it into the storytelling. I just really liked that there. Uh, inside out lariat to Enzo cast punching uh, his head to get more intensity. It's just, it was just really cool stuff. Uh, going for the same move that injured Cass, reversal, big boot frog splash by Enzo and a 2.9 count. Uh, Dawson broke it up after the fans thought it was it. Dawson using Carmela as a shield takes out Cass, top rope shadow machine and the revival retained the titles. Um, I said it last time that we reviewed an end zone cast match. You guys can argue me on this one. This was the greatest end zone cast match that you will ever see. Crowd was white hot for end zone cast. They were hanging in there with the best team that NXT had to offer. The stories being told were great, told a class of styles, but the heels found a way to win and get the heat from the crowd the ring psychology, Carmelo was incredible here too. Loved her spot. Near falls, close breakups. So much emotion and passion being shown in this match. Never thought I would say this about an Enzo match, but, man, I thought this was incredible. Uh, we also say goodbye to Enzo and Cass, to NXT. Uh, Carmella did a couple things, but nothing too crazy after this, um, as she is basically done for NXT as well. But kudos to everyone involved. Beautifully written uh these guys delivered. Dylan, we'll start with you on Enzo Cast versus the Revival.
1: Yeah, I don't like admitting that I enjoy an Enzo Amore match specifically, but this was really, really good. And yes. uh I mean when you're going against one of the best tag teams on the planet, and I I get maybe at this time no one realized how good that team really was. No, they had no um, idea, yeah. Yeah. And uh or what they would become, but yeah, I mean you're wrestling against greatness i mean they're bound to get something out of you and i will say um enzo looked good in this match big Cass looked good in this match i mean everyone looked good in this match yeah and that's 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 a tough pill to swallow cuz i don't like admitting enzo more doing anything good um but the crowd was was red hot here um i love how nxt crowds react to near falls and things like that and this match had some of that there um this was, just, this was just all around a lot, a lot of fun. I mean, this is what tag team wrestling should be like. Um, everyone got their stuff in. I don't think there was really a weak link no. in the match. No. Um, mm. And that's saying something, considering who's in this match. Um, I'll stop. I'll stop taking shots at him. But uh, overall, this was this was a really, really good tag title match. Big fight feel all the way around. Um and everyone got their stuff in and looked great. So can't
0: This also, Dylan, would you agree? This really propelled the NXT tag team title scene, especially with what we get after this yeah. going forward. This was really the start of like, oh man, dude, we're in for it. So um yeah, we got a lot of yeah, good stuff we're, coming.
1: We're kinda getting to the point where like NXT's tag division is gonna start taking don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but they kind of take the driver's seat for a little bit, and this kind of yes. starts that era. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely.
0: Uh, Christian, what do you think?
2: Well, there goes my uh, thing I said about the revival a few weeks ago on the last takeover. <laughs> yeah, they didn't need the uh, Dusty Re- <laughs> 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 Tournament, apparently, because, well, they walked into this takeover as champions, and I had no idea.
0: Yeah, I think they won two weeks after
2: yeah <laughs> out of this takeover as champions so uh yeah, I think they're fine yeah
1: they they'll yeah, be okay yeah 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 they'll be all right. um,
2: well, what they what they turn into down the road I
1: think they'll be okay
2: too but yeah, look, I don't like Enzo more as much as anybody else in this uh, little podcast we got going on. The past has always been fine to me nothing special but this is the best match I have ever seen of Enzo more yep. Yeah. That that's saying something because we've all we all seen his main roster stuff. Yikes.
1: We've all seen him.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just not a it's good wrestler. No, no, he is not. And up, he's a great talker though. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Fantastic, but and, of course, we know about some of the stuff he did, which we're not going to get
1: ah, Yeah, we won't yeah, get that. I'm not going to touch we'll that. We'll avoid
2: that. But this was definitely the best match. I mean, obviously, when you're paired with the tag team that they were, you're definitely going to get something out of it. But even then, I don't think any of us were expecting this no. match. I mean, that, that, that itself almost raises my grade just because we were expecting a little less, but it was even better. So, I don't know if that's wrong to grade stuff like that, but that's how I'm doing it, so get over it. And, uh, Dylan, you said the crowd was red hot. You're wrong. They were white hot. Dude, it was
0: so loud in there. So loud. I think they got the loudest reaction of the night. It was up there for sure. Yeah. I I have to. So, uh, what
2: was that? I said I have to agree with that, yeah.
0: Yeah, Dude, and Enzo also cut maybe his – one of his best promos ever, like two weeks after the So Enzo at this time was bare. He was he definitely did his best stuff. And dude, if he was able to you know become a little bit better wrestler, they would have really had something there. But uh, you know you and we know how it kind of came through. But um, Dylan, would you uh, grade this match out of five? Because I also have this pretty high.
1: Uh, I went four point one.
0: All right, uh, Christian, go ahead.
1: I'm at a four.
0: Uh, I am also at a four so um Dylan uh great a Enzo mori match a 4.1 we don't have to great. keep talking about it wow it we might, can just he might on, be he uh, might be one of his favorite wrestlers now who knows yeah.
2: he's uh Enzo maybe number two it's ordered
0: yeah you yeah, know maybe number two behind you know Xbox but you know we'll we'll get there <laughs> um <laughs> so Another video package showcasing Naya Jax as a threat, proving she is ready to be atop of the NXT women's division. Third match, Apollo Cruz versus Baron Corbin. Really starting to see the vulnerability from Apollo. This has been a very even feud. Who can get back into the title hunt? You'd think Corbin would have the power advantage, but not the case early. Love the aggressiveness by Apollo with the shoulder blocks in the corner. He should be angry because Corbin cost him the XD title. And it looks like he was giant drop kick by Apollo, but Corbin lifts him as he crashes face first into the steel steps. Corbin pretty much toying with Apollo at this point, taking the fight to the outside. Um, Also the baby face, uh, you know, punching him in the face multiple times. Love the three lariats in the corner into the dropkick as Corbin is just rolling. Excellent strategy by the Lone Wolf, slowing down the Agile Cruz, just punching him over and over and over again in the jaw. The crowd really taken at the Corbin backbreaker into the backstretch as Apollo just cannot overcome the sheer power of the Lone Wolf. Apollo comes back really like showing how personal this whole feud has become brawling on the outside. Apollo hits the moonsault from the apron momentum back to Corbin off the deep six reversal at the end of days into a standing moonsault, giant forearm by Apollo goes for the new power bomb, but Corbin hits the end of days out of it for the three count and the win. Um, you guys might not agree with this, but I think Corbin winning was the right move. Um, Apollo already got an NXT title shot. And I know it was kind of like, it, it was an interference due to interference, but right. it's not unrealistic that he's going to have to wait a little bit for another one. So I kind of like Corbin winning here. Triple H just likes having dominant big guys and Corbin unleashed a lot of his moveset here. Neutralizing the speedy Apollo. The match itself was fine. Nothing overly spectacular. I really like the amount of strikes we got because of the buildup leading to the match. I think it needed another gear, and we sort of saw that at the end, which was the best part of the match. I cannot confirm this. Um, I was kind of reading some stuff in 2015 going back. I think Apollo was dealing with an injury. So that might have been something that kind of altered some of the booking here. Writing was strong. This was obviously the cooldown match on the card. There were some positives, there was also some negatives. Corbin getting another huge win as Apollo could afford a loss. This was not a bad match by any means. Um, I just didn't think it was much more than good. But, uh, Christian, we'll, uh, we'll let you start
3: here.
2: Yeah, no, I actually agree on who should have been the winner here. I do agree it should have been Baron Corbin. Like you said, Paulo Cruz already had his title shot. So a win wasn't must-need here at this takeover. No. I absolutely not. One of my bigger complaints about this match was I, I feel like this match could have benefited from being on the outside a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, I I would like to see maybe a few barricade spots, maybe a head getting slammed on the announcer's table. I don't know. I just think they – They did do the still step spot, which was cool. They did, but I just feel like they (laughs) should have more time on the outside. Yeah. And it's like you said, this match really didn't hit another gear until very late. I feel like being on the outside a little bit more could have helped it hit that gear and could have amplified the intensity of this match. This match was fine. Don't get me wrong. And uh, Baron Corbin back in 2015 – Talk about a good trash-talking heel during a match. He was pretty good at this. Nowadays, 2023, maybe not. And a lot of people, I feel like, when they watch this match, are going to talk about the slow pace Corbin works at. For him, it makes sense. Because, I mean, look at him. He's a giant. So he needs to. This match was enjoyable, but it didn't move the needle for me, if that makes sense. But
0: it was pretty... I don't want to say it was, like, greatly written, but I thought it was pretty spot on with what it needed to be. And I don't know. I mean, you guys can go back. Ap- there was something off with Apollo. So I definitely could see an injury here if, if that
1: was the case. But uh, Dylan, what would you think? I'm going to be honest. I I didn't really get anything out of this match. I don't think these two have great chemistry. Um. Baron Corbin never fully clicked with me as a wrestler. I did enjoy the Lone Wolf stuff, which I know is kind of what's going on here. Um, and Apollo really never clicked with me. Other than his really cool moveset, I mean, there's just not much there. There wasn't much for me to really sink my teeth into. No, the character. Yeah, when it, when it came to this match in general, I think it was because.
0: Dylan? At the moment. Oh, sorry. I think uh, we lost you for a second.
1: I was getting a phone call. Um, oh, you're good. Uh, but yeah, I just don't think they have amazing chemistry. That's that's kind of it. It was just kind of meh for me.
0: Uh, what'd you grade out of five?
1: Two and a half. All right, uh, Christian, go ahead. I went a three.
0: Cause I also went a three. There yep.
2: was some enjoyable stuff in this match. I just think it, hitting a second gear affected it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um. So, we see a vignette as Sami Zayn returns to NXT next week. Also, Asuka and Nia Jax have a stare down backstage. So, um, I don't know. Maybe yeah, something will go in the future there. We'll just have to see.
2: Go ahead. You already know what happens. You're like three takeovers ahead. <laughs> no, no,
0: I'm not that far.
2: But <laughs> we'll, we'll get
0: there. But... Uh, Nia Jax challenges Bailey for the NXT Women's title. Bailey has multiple women aiming for her title, kind of the scenario that MJF does now. Can the ultimate underdog overcome the dominant newcomer? And is Nia Jax ready for the ultimate stage like Takeover? You could tell in the introductions. You could tell by her mannerisms. Nia was definitely nervous. Like she was definitely like looking around the crowd and was like, "Wow, like this is this is it. Like I'm really here." But I liked how her eyes never went away from the title. That A Bailey chant is still great to this day. Uh, Bailey's quickness was on full display early in the contest, multiple back elbows, but Naya tosses Bailey across the ring. Now the emotion is pouring from Jax. Facial expressions is something she is really being good at as she hits an inverted pile driver off her knee. That was really strong. Dragon Sleeper reversed by Jax. Bailey takes Naya to a uh, knee basement drop kick. Uh, flying back elbow as Nia will not go down. Quick submissions by Bailey, which is super smart. Love the armbar. Nia goes flying off the top rope um, as she went for something, and um, Bailey counted for a near fall. Uh, Bailey is legit launched out of the ring after that. Samoan drop by Nia, followed by two more leg drop as Bailey somehow kicks out. Commentary says the lack of experience has hurt Nia in the contest as the aggression from Nia continues. Nia did a leg drop on her arm, followed by three of the back of the neck. As the hugger kicked out, Bailey has a chokehold on Nia in the middle of the ring and for the spine buster to get out of it. Loved how Nia was swinging her arms around off the sleeper, you know, trying to get out of it, trying to get to the ropes. Um, Another spine buster. Lack of experience kicks in again as Nia immediately gets caught with that sleeper. The visual of Bailey locking in that that dragon sleeper as Naya's neck is just snapping from a seated position was awesome. Bailey not letting go. Naya's body is literally folding like a lawn chair. She's forced to tap out, which is really shocking as Bailey is still your champion. The start of the match was a little sloppy, expected because Naya was, dude, she was green as grass. Here in 215. But as the match went on, I thought she got a little bit more confidence, started getting into her comfort zone, and settled in. Her offense was limited, but everything she did looked nasty. Bailey was a resilient babyface, kicked out of everything, used her takeover experience to bait Naya into that Dragon Sleeper. This was not a technical masterpiece uh, to me. It checked off every box, made Naya look like a legit threat, and pretty much took her neck. Bending out of position to make her give up. Bailey looks like a very strong champion. The result of the match makes sense. And you guys are really going to like it with what follows this. So keep this in mind. Why are they making Bailey so strong? Keep that in the back of your uh, mind there. But pretty solid for what it was. Um, At the beginning, I was like, oh, God, here we go. But uh, I thought they settled in. And I thought it was much more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. But uh, don't go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean this. It, it's kind of been a trend already. I talked about it with the tag title match. Another wrestler that I'm not a fan of, um, and what they do in the ring that that I genuinely enjoyed the match. I thought yeah. Nia really held her own. Obviously, the match I believe was carried predominantly by Bailey, but she I'm had to. Gonna, yeah. yeah, But I'm not gonna dig Naya too much. I mean, for someone as green as she is at this time, um, she really held her own against the a true star in my opinion someone who could really go in the ring like bailey so um and this is just kind of that like i don't mean this in a bad way but this happens a lot especially with babyface champions give them someone who can easily overpower them to see if they can like conquer the odds it's kind of it's kind of overdone by by now um, mm-hmm. but i mean in this moment it was still enjoyable and, and and like i said i thought naya really held her own here as well definitely felt like a formidable foe
0: yeah this was definitely one of Nia B- Jackson's best matches I thought that I've ever seen. But, yep, Christian, go ahead.
2: Uh, where do I go with this one? That's the real question. Look, I guess it was still early Nia. I, I this
0: was this was brand this wasn't early Nia. This was brand new Nia. Like yeah. she had not been doing this for long at all.
2: Here's the problem. I've just never- at all. I I still don't. I I don't know. I. Carl, I've asked you this a million times. So I was still Dylan the same question. What is Triple H's obsession with Nia Jax? I just oh,
0: she loved, dude. He he
2: loves her, I'm... loves her.
0: So I, I I mean I don't know. Is it that you know she was so early in NXT? He kind of saw her grow. Mm-hmm. I, you know I, I don't I don't really know because this was one of his biggest projects, right? I and mean, yeah, she didn't have a lot of experience coming out, so he basically had to turn her in to something now. You know, you can argue that, you know, she she's not a great wrestler, but she does do some things pretty well, Um, maybe outside of her, you know, moveset. But I thought she actually did pretty well here. But, um, yeah, Triple H, you know, he has his, you know, he has his uh, black and gold people.
2: Well, I mean, it also just goes to show he won't give up on somebody. Which is nice. Still, he'll keep on trying. I mean, we've seen it with even – Kyle's gonna hate me, but even with Omos, he's tried. He yeah. Well,
0: was it him or was it Vince McMahon at that time?
2: Who knows? Well, I mean I don't necessarily think Vince would have booked him against Seth Rollins, but that's that's a different conversation today. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's really hard for me to watch a Nia Jax match and enjoy. It. Even if it's in the, the the quote unquote developmental stages, I get it. There's a lot of greener wrestlers. But compared to what this development does, compared to most other developmentals, there's a lot of superstar names down here that we're seeing right now. And unfortunately, Naya just doesn't fit the bill of this brand with how good some of these wrestlers are as far as a pro wrestling standpoint goes. But she, they were trying to bill her as the next dominant force. And I get it. And I, And yes, maybe overdone a little bit, but I do like how, they keep on booking Bailey as the one who just won't quit no matter what. <laughs> because throughout this match, it felt like Nia dominated, but Bailey just kept on coming and coming and coming. And surprisingly, made Nia tap out. I thought they were going to go with the pass out spot. I didn't expect to
0: tap. Yeah, dude, that's exactly. I thought they did. I, I totally forgot that this is how they ended it. Yeah, it, it was a clean tap out. And- I really liked it,
2: actually. I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that. Bailey is the underdog and won't stop fighting and will do whatever it takes just to hold the title.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you give it out of five? This is one of the most uh, – or this was the – I think this was the hardest one to grade at the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I
2: still enjoyed it. Why would it 3.2? All
0: right. Uh, don't go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm at
0: 3.1. I'm at 3.2, so we're all uh, right around there. Main event time – Finn Balor defends his NXT title against the Mojo. The build and video package were incredible, as I was super excited for this main event. Guys, how insane was Balor's Jack the Ripper entrance? The Demon versus the Monster. If this did not have a big fight feel, then I guess I don't know what one is. This is awesome chance from the crowd as they, before they even started, uh, as they are dead even on who they want to win. Dropkick by Balor, another one through the ropes followed by a running kick to the challenger. The Demon kicks Joe into the uh, ring steps. Miss Coup de Gras on those steps as Finn eats an ST on the outside. Straight punches to the face and ribs. Taking advantage of the ref's uh, count, extremely physical start. Running splash into an enziguri in the corner. Two giant kicks, knee drop to the face as the full onslaught by Joe is on full display. For Joe's size, he absolutely flies off the ropes as he connects with a kick to the face, followed by an atomic drop. Finn goes for a move off the springboard, gets chopped as Joe, as literally Finn flies through the ropes, um, followed that with a flying forearm. How good is Samoa Joe like in 2015? Dude, I totally forgot he was even this good in 2015. Um, Saxon said a quote from Valor, the NXT is the best and most influential brand in the industry. Really interesting stuff uh, from uh, Byron Saxon there. Lion Tamer uh, bending the demon's arm back, but the champ hits a DDT out of nowhere. Formed by Balor running chop followed by another step-up kick as now Balor connected with that Tope Suicida. NXT champ from the crowd double stomp to the back, uh, which looked nasty. This is wrestling champ from the crowd. Spinning counter kick, sling blade, but eats a big senton from the challenger. Reversal of the muscle buster. Pele kick as these two are just dismantling each other. Each guy uh, gets to their feet, just brawling in, in the middle of the ring. Coquina clutch, but Balor connects with a standing stomp. Sling blade, three drop kicks. These two struggle on the top rope. Big drop takes down uh, Joe. Coup de Gras as Balor defeats Joe. What a lore. These, dude, these two brought out everything in their arsenal and beat the daylights out of each other. Joe relied on the muscle buster one too many times as Balor uh, bruised, he would do his was battered and he somehow found a way to escape. Uh, they after that actually, they panned Joe on the stage getting helped um, you know, by the doctors and everything dude, he is just foaming out of the mouth. he's got blood on his chin. Valor needs help from the trainers as he is struggling to breathe. This was this an was incredible main event. Flowed very well. This was clean. This is what a main event should look like. Ooh. Joe made one slip up against the demon. It cost him everything. But if you saw the last three camera shots, you know this is far from over. Joe says he can be the face of NXT, just not tonight against the demon. But this match was sensational. Uh, Christian, what would you think?
2: Yeah, you said it. I mean, it it was sensational. At the time, I would say these were probably two top, I don't know, I'll say eight workers in the world at the time. This Samoa Joe reminded me a lot. I've always loved Samoa Joe's style of wrestling, and I've always loved Finn Balor's style of wrestling. Neither have taken a dip as far as the rankings go for me. They've always been super clean workers. But I would say super intriguing movesets as well. I mean, I can't name another big guy that's moving like Samoa. More- uh, yeah, not many. And Finn Balor, we've said it a million times, that Chris has a worker as there goes. And this is how you book a true world champion. Uh, I mean, that, that's all I'm saying. They're facing he's an underdog in this year, really. I think to the K audience, I probably would have thought Samoa Joe was winning. But this just goes to show the level of trust the H himself had in Finn Balor to beat a bigger name from one of the bigger companies at the time in Samoa Joe. And this is exactly what a main event should look like. This is how it should be. And yes, this is far from over.
0: And it was clean. Yeah. Yep, and it was clean. So that uh, it really made I thought it still made Joe in a loss still look really strong as it took literally everything the Demon had um, in his arsenal, which I really liked. But uh, Dylan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was the Demon's biggest test I think to date. Oh yeah. Um, and arguably probably the biggest test Finn Balor has had in WWE. Yes. Yeah. Um, you knew on like you knew on paper this was going to be a good match. Their styles, I think, mesh very well. Joe has always wrestled with physicality, obviously very submission based, but he's also very very good at the strikes. Balor, spending time in Japan, has adapted that uh, Japanese strong style of sorts uh, with a lot of stiff kicks and stiff strikes of his own. Plus, how quick he is. Um, I always thought they worked well together. Um, I always enjoyed Balor and Joe whenever they did go at it. Um, and as it's teased, I mean, there's there's more to come. And um, this was this was a lot of fun. Again, another one that's big fight feel uh, lived up to the hype of being the main event of a show. Uh, the first takeover taking place outside of the United States. You need a big match to end the card, and I think they they hit a home run here,
0: for sure. Yeah, this was one of my favorite main events. In the, in the series so far. I think it was actually one of the best ones, too. Uh, don't we'll start with you. Would you give it a grade? I'm at 4-4. Four, four. All right. Christian, go ahead. I'm at a 4-6. I'm also at a 4-6. We're right around there. Uh, the same grade as uh, we end NXT TakeOver London. Um, Going in, you look at the card, and you, you see some of these names, and you're like, man, dude, I, I don't know, but... I, I thought this delivered, but um, Dylan, we'll start with you. Final thoughts, match of the night, great out of 10.
1: I mean, final thought, I mean, it's, it's, it's a takeover card. They, they often don't disappoint you, and this one didn't disappoint. Uh, the only downside, I would say, would be the Corbin uh, and Cruz match, but even that, I still gave it 2.5, so it's just about average. Um, good card, top to bottom. I thought it was well-paced. I thought it was well-booked. I thought it was well-thought-out as well with how they put the matches uh, where they were on the card. Um, I genuinely enjoyed it. Match of the night definitely goes to the main event. I think that's kind of a no brainer. And I'd like to think that we all share that same sentiment. However, I do want to give an honorable mention to the tag team title match. That was a lot of fun. And I still can't believe I'm praising an Enzo Amore match, Um, but it's, it's definitely worth, worth the, uh, the rewatch. If if the listeners haven't, haven't watched that match. Like I said, you can kind of see there's a bit of a changing of the guard, um, and we're getting into an era that I know Kyle's very, very excited for where it is like the NXT tag division is is kind of driving the ship for a little bit, and um, they started to get a ton of praise with the matches they were putting on at TakeOvers, and this kind of started that. It kind of kicked off that era. Um, so really, really exciting stuff to come. Uh, great out of 10, I'm going to go 8.2 out of 10. All right, uh, Christian, go ahead. Yeah, you
2: guys, I, I believe both of you guys have said this a few takeovers ago, that those takeovers were really the changing. I don't know. This one felt like the changing for me because no squash matches. Every match felt important. There was no mm-hmm. new wrestler they were trying to just get over in a match in two minutes. These were full-on matches, and this this truly really feels like the card that's getting them out of the developmental stages. Yep. I don't know. That, that's just my personal opinion. Top to bottom, really good card. I mean, my, my lowest grade of the night was a three. So if your lowest match of the night is a three, you're doing something right. You know, the main event delivered and the opening match delivered, the two most important night delivered. So you're off to a good start there. And then everything in the middle was above average to great. So, really not a lot of problems with this card. My um, match also goes to the main event, but um, shout out to Emma and Asuka as well. Honorable mention there. And my grade out of 10, I'm going to go an 8.5 out of 10.
0: Yeah, this was a night full of risks by Triple H and the team. Two women's matches on a five-match card it was not coming in 2015, especially in WWE putting Nia Jax in such a big spot months after her debut, end zone cast rushing for the tag team titles, putting Corbin and Apollo together, who have basically opposites in the ring. Some new faces. Every match was a fresh takeover match, which I enjoyed. I do think we wanted to show more, or I guess some different talent, which I enjoyed. Um, we still got a lot of great action, furthering the, his, his point of NXT being the best brand to date. Not everything hit a home run, but this sets up TakeOver Dallas, which, in my opinion, <laughs> is uh, one of the very best TakeOvers. Christian, you are in for it once we get to TakeOver Dallas. All right. So, um, Match of the night. Dude, I, I actually – it was a three-way race for me with the tag team titles, Emma, Asuka, and then Balor and Joe. I do have to give to Balor and Joe. But um, I I gave this one an 8.4, so we're all right around the same grade. Um, We just have a lot more coming, and um, we're almost there. But before we end TakeOver, we actually have some breaking news. So NXT Black and Gold, like we said, is going through some major changes in signing talent basically rapidly at this point. Right after this event um, going into TakeOver Dallas, we actually had a signing so, uh, Christian, please welcome the newest signing for the NXT Black, and Gold brand. A double, Austin Aries is Black and Gold. Austin Aries is Black and Gold. So,
2: one of my uh, one of my favorite TNA ones. Okay.
0: So, yep, he is uh, Black and Gold. A lot of people don't remember that he was Black and Gold. So, mm-hmm. um, and then we we uh, we have some big uh, signings coming up as well. But that is Takeover London. But. Um, Dylan,
1: Dummy Out Moment of the Week, what you got? All right, my Dummy Out Moment of the Week goes to MLW. Uh, This is one of Kyle's favorite promotions, I feel like. Um, He has sung their praises quite a bit. But they are doing something that I'm not a massive fan of. Earlier this week, Alexander Hammerstone uh, requested his release from MLW. He's currently under contract until 2025, I believe, is when his contract is set to expire. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are refusing to let him go. That's not why they're getting the dummy moment this week. Obviously, you don't want to lose a big-name talent. But there's clearly something going on behind the scenes. It's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that he's frustrated with how he's booked. I mean, the guy was champion for, like, what, two years? Yeah. yeah, Um, And just recently lost the title not too terribly long ago. Um, He's been a focal point of the company for seemingly quite some time, at least to my knowledge. Um, so there's definitely got to be something going on behind the scenes that we just don't have all the details with yet. Uh, Fightful is saying that the relationship between Hammerstone and MLW has frayed and some, um, have come out, I'm trying to find where it says it specifically, um, Report notes from Fightful, from MLW's perspective, they feel that Alexander Hammerstone's motivation has decreased when yeah. he was asked to lose the title. I don't fully believe that story. And I also am not a massive fan of some anonymous source from the company or the promotion coming out and being like, oh, well, if he's frustrated, it's on him. You know what I mean? He's just, he's just butthurt that we put the title on someone else. I don't think that's the case, and I also don't think – that's how they should do business. They should try and do everything they can to retain him in any way while sticking to their core values. And I'm not saying let's just put the title back on him and make him happy. Cause maybe that's not what he's motivated by. You know what I mean? Maybe there's, there's gotta be something deeper here and MLW has lost a lot of big talents, obviously just bigger promotions, signing them. We were talking on this show not too long ago about some talent that they should sign to try and put them back on the map and make them, a formidable promotion in pro wrestling. They're not going to do that if they lose a guy like Alex Hammerstone. And based on this report, it could be their fault. So what do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I think Hammerstone is definitely one of the most underrated wrestlers in this decade. I I think when you look at his um, body of work, he's wrestled a lot of different great wrestlers. And he delivers. He is a big guy. He's athletic. He has a strong style. Um, there's really nothing he can't do really in the ring. Um, I, I really like Alexander Hammerstone. Here's the problem, though. Like, when you when you have such a long title reign and you lose it, getting back into a clear direction is hard. Like, it, it's hard for any promotion. It's going to be hard when Roman loses it for him. Like, what, what happens next? So, we're going to have to see, like, is it on MLW's side? Is it Hammerstone wanting to leave Mm -hmm. you know we we don't we don't really know but if he does get onto the um free agent scene maybe look for a tna to uh really try and pursue him i obviously um aw is going to be looking for him i think his best fit might be wwe but um we're we're just gonna have to see where that goes but uh yeah uh hammerstone I, I don't want to say it, but he really has done everything in MLW. But, uh yeah. what do
2: you think? Yeah, I know. Stone has always been the backbone of MLW. Like Dylan mentioned, about a two-and-a-half-year world title reign. And he kind of lost it. It, did, it felt like a little bit MLW's quality dropped. I don't know if that's just me from a personal standpoint or if you guys feel the same. But it hasn't had the same recently. Because I've been watching it quite a bit, and the episodes have been fine, but I don't know. They did feel a lot better. But if you're MLW, you got to be opening up your checkbook as big as you can if you really want to retain them. Because right now, he does. Rush it. And, you know, to play Devil's Advocate, yeah, maybe he is a little bit upset that he had to drop the title. But I, I don't. I mean, I don't know Hammerstone that well on a personal level, obviously. I don't think he would be a type of guy, though, that would say, well, they made me drop titles, title, so I'm leaving. Yeah. Here's the
1: thing. Before we move on, uh, my final thought here. Kyle, maybe you can fill in the gaps here, but I have personally never read a negative story about Alexander Hammerstone. No. People, people talk in wrestling. Like, if he was hard to deal with or hard to work with, I feel like we would have heard about it. You know, obviously we know all the shit that's gone down with CM Punk and backstage brawls and ankle biting and all that shit. So I'm like, if there is some sort of like, if he is tough to deal with, if he's tough to negotiate with that story, I feel like would have leaked. I get that. They're not a big promotion, but I've never read or heard a bad thing said about Hammerstone. So, I mean, no. Kyle, of you,
0: no no. But I will say
2: never ready.
1: Them dropping
0: the title to to Alex Kane mm-hmm. was the right move. Oh. Like yeah. it really felt like he was the next guy yeah. here. And I, I did really like the move. And I think he can be um one of their leaders, especially if Hammerstone does go, but hopefully he doesn't go so they you know they can have a feud moving forward. Yeah. So
2: Well re- but uh, one more quick thought. If he goes to T N A God, it feels so good to say that again. But if he goes there, him and Alexander, whew. Yeah,
0: you put it, you put them right together. Yep. The first thing you do, you have that feud.
2: Oh, 100%. That would, whew.
0: And even him and Moose, I think, would be really good, too. So Yeah.
2: Um, but, uh, Christian, what do you got? I really feel like, out of us three, I am the advocate for this video game franchise. I have ragged on them a lot on this show because I'm passionate about them. Mine goes to the WWE 2K video game company. For a couple years now, the fans have been raving for the return of Road to WrestleMania. And I get it. They don't want to overuse features. But when you have a community this large begging for a certain mode back, you'd think they'd bring it back, right? Recently, they just uh, sent out a statement saying there are no current plans to return the game mode of Road to WrestleMania due to lack of hardware and the technology we have. Really? The lack of hardware and technology you have in 2023? Yeah. Are more than ever, <laughs> but you don't have the resources for it. Make it make sense. Oh, wait, I know what's going on here. They want to feed this Ultimate Team thing they've got going on because... Just like in Madden 2K, and even though I am a big player of it, MLB The Show, it is all revolved around the off-the-team um, mode type thing they've got because it brings the money. to WrestleMania doesn't bring them any money because it's a free-to-play game mode and you don't have to pay money to upgrade or anything. My question to you, WWE 2K, is why don't you listen to the fans? We have also asked for you to revamp Universe Mode for a couple of years because it is... This is the worst draft universe mode I've ever seen, and now you are telling the fan base that you cannot return Road to WrestleMania due to lack of hardware and technology. I don't know; something's just not right about this.
0: Yeah, I think on their perspective, they're like, "Oh, well, we brought GM mode, so that's good enough."
2: Yeah, dude, but... I am
0: gonna be. I am gonna be honest, man. I i would just take out gm if this is what it's going to be i would just take it out and put road to wrestlemania
1: yeah i was going to say be careful what you wish for because they'll just give you a watered down version of it eventually yeah like they did with like kyle and i begged for gm mode and then we got it and then we're like this is it this is what we wanted for like a decade i don't know i would just be i would just be careful what you, uh, what yeah. you beg for. Cause now, they will, they will eventually listen and they'll give it to you. They'll just give you like a somewhat shittier version of
2: it. No,
0: now you're going to have to, well, you're also going to have to think like with a road to WrestleMania, it's really story driven, right? So it's going to yes. be a lot of wrestlers, you know, going to have to do some, some voice things. You're going to have to do a lot of backstage stuff. You're going to have to, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can do this. if If you could do it back then you can
1: definitely do it now like like, that's what i'm saying yeah consoles and 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 the hardware that goes into these systems are more powerful than they've ever been you can't tell me you can do this game mode on the playstation 2 but not the playstation 5 like you're not going to convince me that you don't have the hardware for it that's bogus yeah I don't know why I'm so heated about it, but it's just annoying. I guess it's because I work for a video game store. Well, (laughs)
2: uh, I know Kyle said you have to your voiceovers. There's 20
1: or more wrestlers that have already openly said, yeah, I'll
2: do voiceovers for it. It
1: It shouldn't be too hard. It's an extra check. You think they're going to say no to just standing in a recording booth to record these pre-written lines and you make a quick buck? It's not a bad gig. Yeah,
2: exactly. You go, they don't really have to do much.
1: They just go and talk to them on yeah. the phone for like yeah. an hour a day and they get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to portray wrestlers as greedy, but like you do get probably a, a nice little bonus for, for doing voiceover work for the video game. Yeah. I mean, they get a bonus for just being in the game. I can only imagine if you actually did work for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I know they're never going to
0: take out the ultimate team thing, but if they were smart, I hate it. I would just have the Road to WrestleMania Universe and GM mode. I would take out the career mode. It's just not great. Um, mm-hmm. But that, I, I would definitely ride with those three. Obviously, there no plans of doing that. But um, yeah, that's that's 2K for you. But waiting for me. So let's get into mine real quick before we wrap up. So Vince always gets half of mine, but the other half goes to Vince McMahon. So recently, Freddie Prince Jr., a former WWE writer, went to his podcast and made some very interesting remarks. One time when WWE went to London, which is uh, like you just guys saw at TakeOver, what kind of crowds did they have? He said that multiple times the crowd would cheer for the heel and whoever they wanted. Remember, Vince was really specific with who he wanted the crowd to cheer for and to like. So when they cheered loudly against the babyface... That really made Vince, like, really mad backstage. Apparently, he was yelling backstage. He didn't like that. He wanted it to just stop completely. And maybe some of the reason why they didn't even go back there, because he didn't like it so much. So, Vince not liking the way the crowd was cheering takes the dummies uh, moment this week, but
1: don't want think. He hates how his own fan base thinks. Yep. I'm not spending time on Vince McMahon. I've said enough over the two, two and a half years we've done this sense. show yeah. now. I don't I don't get I mean a part of me can kinda of go like, yeah, you're trying to present this person as like the good guy in the crowd, it's just like, fuck that guy. I get that to be like, Well, that's not what I intended for, but also like you can't get mad for people just You gotta roll with it. Yep. Yeah, for people voicing who they like, you know, it's 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 not bad not a bad thing people people tend to click with the heels a little more because quite frankly the heels are cooler you know it's 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 the same reason why like people like comic book villains the same reason why why people like movie monsters and like and you know the the horror characters that come with that genre like i think people just kind of dig rooting for the bad guy from time to time that's not a bad thing and you can't hate your fan base for it all right, Christian. What do you think? Well, I mean,
2: it's just the one Vincy and Vince, but I mean, a guy that instantly pops in my head about this, and it makes me glad that Vince isn't fully in creative. Um, what about L.A. Knight? Remember, yep, he brought back as a heel, got himself super over. So Triple H was like, "Fuck it," just ran with it. Yeah, I was like, whatever. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll make him a face and. He's about to no, he's about to lose every
1: ounce of momentum he, he has. Oh no, he's not. No, no he's not. It'll he's going to be in war games, he's going to be good. He's going to be in war games. That's- he's probably he's, he's he's one of the three front runners in my opinion to win the rumble he- easily. He's not winning the rumble.
2: War I I wouldn't count him out. Winning a War Games match doesn't help balance out losing a one-on-one World Title match.
1: It does if you beat the Judgment Day and Bloodline, which is probably what he's about to do. Yeah, that's and those are the two faces of. The and WWE. what if he picks up the winning
0: fall? Well, yeah. What if he pins Roman? That doesn't matter. It's still a team. Or
1: he pins uh, Finn or Damian. Hey, you know uh, someone. I mean, who's Judgment Day. Probably-
0: you know, Judgment Day and Bloodline. They both basically run WWE at this point. So I think. Losing against Roman at Saudi is not a bad thing, just in my opinion. But, well, but uh, Dylan,
2: what? will go ahead. What after War Games? What does he do? Uh, he's going
0: to win off the Rumble. No, he's not winning. <laughs> he's, he's not. He is. He is beating Logan Paul for the U.S. title. He's I'm winning convinced. the Rumble and he's beating Rollins for the
1: world title. No. Walter, you would rather have that than Walter. Well, he's he's more over right now. I say let Walter hold this IC title for another year. Why not? So you would. So you would do. So Dragonoff is up. So you. So
0: you would do Gable and Walter, or Dragonoff and Walter, and Mm -hmm. have L. Dude, I'm gonna be honest. That's not good for Seth Rollins. Because I, I, you, you, you can't deny it. L.A. Knights more over than Seth Rollins. Yeah. Seth Rollins is one of
1: their big guys right now. So. Yes, I don't know how that works, but I don't know. I- we'll see. I think I think we're set up for a very interesting road to WrestleMania post survivor Yeah, series. dude, I
0: dude, I don't I don't know. I don't. It's think my favorite time of the year, shot. baby. I don't think he has any shot winning the Rumble. Oh, hey.
1: But we'll see. Hey, crazier things have happened.
0: Well, remember Ty Dillinger was uh, at one point number fourth at best odds to win. He wasn't even in it. So you know, crazy things happen. But the- <laughs>
1: Oh, oh yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. you're the only one who reads wrestling betting odds.
0: <laughs> oh, so quick story: I was at Squeeze Play when Dylan was working one time, and I just happened to look at betting odds, and I see Ty Dillinger is number four. Oh. And then I was reading, and it's like, yeah, dude, they were gonna like come with up as a big character of him, really push him into the main event scene, and they just dropped it completely and he He wasn't even in the match yeah yeah then he was cut after but um yeah that's that's wwe but
1: uh what are we uh, doing next week guys well i mean speaking of saudi we're going to be reviewing crown jewel right yep Yep. um so obviously we know la knight versus roman reigns solo Sokoa versus john cena uh we have the five way for the uh the women's world title Good. we also have bianca and eo for the uh, wwe women's title i think this is a stat card uh, Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio should be a fun match. Um, That'd be fun. Maybe it's a triple threat with Ricochet. We'll see. Drew what
0: happens. Seth. Yeah, Drew Seth Drew is going to yeah. be a
1: lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I think this is arguably one of the best cards that we've gotten for a Saudi event since maybe last year. Remember, last year's card was stacked too. I like yeah. that they're taking these shows seriously because um, they've gotten a lot of flack for these just being, you know, that the 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 Saudi prince whatever he wants. And now it seems like it feels like a real wrestling show. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to crown jewel. I think it's going to be a good card. Um, they've done a good job booking it as well and making it feel important. Skipping possibly a huge announcement with, with the potential of war games. They're not announcing it because they want you to focus on this card. I think triple it's just doing, so smart. doing the right thing here. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I agree.
0: Everything just feels like smart and yes. it's very new for us. Because yeah. uh, coming from Vince, I mean it's just
2: And we're
1: getting upgraded. relatively fresh matchups like Seth and Drew for the world title. That's that that's gonna be a lot of fun. Obviously, LA Knight and Roman hasn't happened before. So I mean you're getting some fresh and matchups the, here. And too. then the
0: only one that you missed, um, I think Cody Damien could maybe steal the whole night. I think oh, that's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Um obviously this judgment day Cody thing is gonna end after Survivor series. But um, I really like how they display the Judgment Day. I don't mind them being overused a little bit just because they are the vocal point, especially Rhea Ripley is the vocal point um, of Monday Night Raw. But um, yeah, so we have Saudi on their horizon. Um, and then the following week, I mean, I'll just spoil it. We're jumping right into NXT takeover Dallas. So yep. we got some really cool stuff uh, coming. I uh, appreciate everyone listening to this point. And uh, we're on the road to WWE's, um, they, is it Crown Jewel? Crown Jewel. Yep. Is that the uh, WWE's Crown Jewel? A lot of fun stuff coming. So appreciate it uh, again for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Yep.